Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the June issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Is Plant ID Necessary for Grassland Management? To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Jack Arburn, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator based in the Northern Panhandle. Thanks for joining me today, Jack. Thanks, Aaron. Jack, you wrote this article talking about what's the importance of really understanding key grass species as it relates to range and pasture management. Walk through with us your perspective on the value of knowing what you have in terms of grass species out there, and then how you can use that information as you think about making management decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, I look at uh, uh, livestock feed in particular as one of the, the greatest cost to livestock producers. And so I feel like having a, a good understanding of, of the resources is vital to be able to make management decisions that, that impact the, the operation economically. And so for me, that, that begins with really understanding what you have and being able to identify the plants and then understand their, the important characteristics. And the point of the article is, is that uh, this, this doesn't have to necessarily be as daunting as going out and walking through your pasture and being able to point out every single plant. And so I wanted to point out that you start with the most common plants that you see out there or um, what you understand to be the most important or you know, invasive species as well, you know, on the, on the other end of the spectrum. And so uh, what are you managing for? Or what are you, what are you maybe managing against? And then, and then really hone in on, on what those characteristics are of those plants that you can use to achieve the goals that are set for a property, because uh, there are ways to go in and uh, um, manage your grazing to promote certain plants and to work against others. I really think this is important, Jack, as I think about range and pasture management. You know, I think I appreciated what you said. I don't think we need to know every species, but on many rangelands in western Nebraska, even in the Sandhills, if you knew six to 10 key grass species, that's probably uh, 80% of the forage production in some cases in terms of what you're producing. So it's really not having to know a lot. I think you're exactly right. And I think you'll be able to, you know, I think I, my feeling is, is most producers understand what, you know, their five to 10 core plants, whether they're positive or negative. Uh, I think, I think most have a, a good handle on that. And uh, uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe the little bit of work could be done on, on the different characteristics and understanding how they, um, you know, interact to dry times of the year or when they need uh, moisture. And if they don't get that moisture, what might happen or, or maybe uh, how grazing might influence it. But you, once you learn a few uh, plants and a few characteristics, I mean, really, it's it's just like riding a bike. It, it becomes a lot easier to identify some of the other uh, some of the other plants um, as it becomes necessary. And if it's not necessary, then um, I wouldn't push folks to do that either. Uh, there's also a tremendous amount of resources available. Um, I've got quite a few books that I go to regularly. Um, I tend to like the ones with good pictures because that's how I how I typically. Um, identify something, but uh, you know the USDA uh, Natural Resources Conservation Service NRCS office. Those folks are available. Us and Extension, we're also available uh, to point you to some different resources uh, in print as well as as online. But uh, yeah, I think there's a, a tre- tremendous advantage to be able to understand um, you know your your key uh, desirable and undesirable species. Jack, you mentioned some of the resources that are available. Maybe go into a little more detail on some things that are resources you find particular that are helpful to you as you think about understanding what are the grass species you have. 
Absolutely. Where, where I typically start, if someone calls me about a pasture, um, I, I, I'll go to the web soil survey and that's a, a USDA NRCS program online. Uh, basically it's a, a large map of the U S and you can zoom into your particular ranch or pasture, draw an area of interest, and it'll pull up based on soil type, what plant species should be there. And so I use this sort of as a baseline. Uh, I gave a presentation last week and someone asked me how, how accurate this is. Um, bottom line is I, I don't know, but it's the best we have. And I know there's other programs coming out and uh, I should learn those as well and start to utilize those. But it, it just gives a baseline and idea of what could be there. And so if I take um, that list uh, based on the soil type and I don't see any of those species, that, that might be a concern. And so I'm starting to look at, you know, what is the current management? What's past management? Um, maybe, you know, current conditions, if we're in a drought or something like that, uh, or several years of drought that could influence that. And so, um, it, it just gives you a baseline of, of where to start. And so then I begin to understand, um, uh, you know, compared to where the, the community is now, where it could be potentially, and especially understanding those characteristics based on the goals, you know, go, the goals are grazing management. Well, maybe, I'll, you know, I'm going to want to work towards those, um, of the species that are high in uh, um, nutrient value for, for livestock, as well as biomass production. So being able to balance that um, with, uh, with that. Um, there's also uh, other good resources um, in terms of, uh, as I mentioned, some, some different uh, print resources. Uh, I use a, a book out of South Dakota, actually. It has really good pictures. UNL also has quite a few um, cheaper options, uh, as far as common grasses of Nebraska, common forbs and shrubs, as well as, um, uh, plants toxic to wildlife, getting into undesirable species, uh, looking at, um, the different, uh, the, the department of agriculture typically has a list of noxious weeds. Um, that'll be an important place to look. Another one in Nebraska in particular, uh, we have a weed control association. Um, so neweed.org, they have a watch list weeds. And so some of these weeds haven't quite made it on to uh, a noxious weed list, or, or maybe uh, um, you also need to uh, check your county added noxious weeds. But these are other species that become, can become a concern. Um, I remember absinthe wormwood came in um, in the drought of 2012 when hay was brought in from other states. And so that has popped up on the watch list weed list and been a common one uh, for the last 20, uh, 10 years now. And so um, just kind of keeping an eye on those sorts of things. Uh, usually the, uh, different weed associations. They're, they're pretty good about putting uh, different watchless weeds as they pop up into print articles as well. And so keeping an eye on those, those are typically where I look and kind of where I start. You know, I think also as you're riding out through your pastures, I really encourage people to look down, look at the grass. I know we're going out to check cattle and wanting to pay attention to that. And that's obviously the primary thing is health and care of the cattle. But also as you're going out, just spend some time looking down, begin to see what grass species are there. And then as you mentioned, if there's something you see, you're like, I'm not sure what that is, especially if it's a forb or weedy species that not familiar to you, uh, go ahead and get that checked out and uh, make sure you don't have something moving in. Uh, early detection, rapid response. We talk about that with controlling noxious weeds. And, you know, I just think about circumstances where somebody maybe didn't recognize that they had a problem until it really blew up on them and how a little vigilance early or recognition early on I could have saved some work and expense later. I, I, I couldn't agree with more with you. And I'm, I'm as bad as anyone probably on this is you're driving down the driveway or down the County road and you look out um, at a pasture and it looks great. 
And, but yeah, getting out there and walking through it and kind of looking down and being able to understand um, kind of where your pastor is at, but also, you know, I, I'm also bad at um, looking out at a pasture and I see maybe an undesirable, a, a weed or an undesirable plant out there. And I kind of, uh, I put a little more weight into it. It seems to take up more of the pasture in my mind. And then I go out and really take a look and look down and it really only makes up a small percentage of, of the plant community. So I, I think kind of keep that in mind. Uh, I, I, I like people to focus on managing for what they want necessarily, not necessarily what they don't want. And so focusing on, on good management, uh, um, grazing management practices, but, but also the early detection rapid response that without a doubt is extremely important. And so, um, being able to understand plant ID and kind of understand what plants are typically there and then having something new show up, absolutely bring it into the extension office or the NRCS office, um, get something like that identified happens quite a few times a year. People will send me photos, just trying to double check, um, something to make sure they're not getting into something because, a lot of these plants can be pretty cyclical, even native plants. And so you might not have seen it for a couple of years and all of a sudden it comes back or, you know, maybe it's shorter than normal or, you know, whatever, based on conditions, it maybe looks a little different than normal. Uh, I have no problem I, helping identify something like that. Um, a lot of times I have to send it off to uh, our herbarium curator to get a positive ID, but um, no, absolutely get those, get pictures into somebody to get an ID just to make sure that, uh, yeah, you're not dealing with some kind of invasive, particularly in an area where maybe you brought in some hay and, and fed that or, or even along a highway uh, or a county road or, or maybe along a neighbor's or a creek. Those tend to be the places where the invasive species start, whether it's, you know, falling off, uh, blowing off of the hay driven down the road or, or maybe getting washed down the creek. Jack, anything else on this topic that you think would be valuable for producers as we think about rangeland management? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I kind of touched on grazing management and basically it's it's understanding how these plants are going to respond. Um, and so, you know, something like cheatgrass can actually be used uh, as a valuable forage resource. The quality of it is good. The problem is it's a short window early in the year. And so um, how can we use grazing management to go in and, and graze that heavily and then get off of there before uh, the animal selection turns to the desirable species we want out on that pasture and give those desirable species a rest after beating up the cheatgrass to give it a, a competitive advantage. You know, we don't, we don't want to uh, do the same thing to our desirable species. We don't want to go in there and overgraze them and continually beat them down, especially in a dry year, because you're going to you're going to see the, the nutrient um, or you're going to see that plant, the vigor of that plant. So how much, you know, root mass, how much nutrients are stored in those roots, you're going to see that get depleted. And so that plant is not going to be able to compete as well with those invasive species. So some, some different principles to keep in mind would be to uh, uh, prevent, you know, grazing the same pasture during the same time frame year after year. So you don't want to turn into that pasture every May or every June. You want to, you want to kind of stagger that every year to give those pastures a rest and then try and, uh, you know, what it really comes down to is have, have some sort of rotation. If you're kicking those um, animals out there for the entire grazing season, honestly, I think uh, people are kind of losing out there and you're really beating up your, your desirable species because that's what they're going to go out and select first. So being able to implement some kind of rotation to give those desirable species a rest is, is, is going to be critical. And so those are things I think about. Uh, I also think some sort of monitoring system would be helpful. It doesn't have to be complex. It can be as simple as going out and taking some pictures and in, in the same area year after year, just to understand 
um, and, and not only take a picture looking out as we discussed, but also looking down and kind of understand what plants are there, you know, what the densities are and, and those sorts of things to be able to compare year to year, I think it would be a valuable tool. Um, other than that, I, you know, I think, uh, I think we've kind of hit on the high points of the article. Those are the things I, I tend to look at and consider and recommend. Thanks again for joining me today, Jack. Thanks, Aaron. But for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article is Plant ID Necessary for Grassland Management.